Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And this has been, uh, I th- eventually spring will get here. We were just talking amongst all the gardeners here at the Garden Center, and we're, we're looking at this going, it's about 10 to 14 days delayed. So normally, this time of year, forsythias, full bloom, purple leaf plums, all of them, full bloom. Right now, it's the little bit warmer elevation, so the out towards the 69 corridor, that uh, uh, Dewey, Humboldt, uh, parts of Prescott Valley, Spring Valley, the Verde, they're in bloom. But, the, but Prescott, the higher level, Highland Pines, Groom Creek, they aren't. So we're about, we're just a few days, at least a week, I'm saying 10, 14 days, delayed. It's just been cool and wet and dark. And all those things affect when those daffodils start erupting from the ground, start to bloom. When those forsythia, those quince start to flower, they're the announcements of spring. And so it's just delayed. It's not a big deal. The season is a season. It, tend, it tends to slide back and forth depending on the weather. And so we had our spring open house last weekend. And we know it's risky. The weekend before the official start of spring. So this weekend, okay, spring is here. It's now officially spring. But in the mountains of Arizona, it doesn't necessarily listen. <laughs> Sometimes it goes, well, I still think I'm in a snow. It doesn't matter if it's spring or not. Here we go. And so that's what last weekend was. We had our spring open house, and it was just gusty, windy, stormy, snowy. And people still came. I appreciate those that supported us. We kind of kicked the can. So now let's try to see if we can keep it going this weekend. So this weekend, we're kind of 59 years. Waters Garden Center began 59 years ago last weekend. So, well, this weather's bad. This weekend looks pretty nice. Let's try it. And so this is the week that we gear up. We bring all of our, our staff back on, so all the gardeners are fully stocked. Uh, we introduce the new uh, plants for this year. This year, there's a new bloomerang lilac. So bloomerang, it's a repeat blooming lilac. And so this plant will bloom two, three times in one year, whereas most lilacs, the lilacs your grandparents grew, they were very large. I mean, they grow the size of sheds. I mean, they're huge. 10, 12 feet tall, and they bloom once in spring. They're impressive when they bloom, but they came out with a bloomerang series, uh, I don't know, five, six years ago, and it's a repeat blooming lilac, which is awesome. Blooms once, takes a rest, flushes again, blooms again, much like roses do. Roses are repeat blooming, so they'll flush once, and they'll take a rest, flush again, so you get this pulsating wave of, of color coming out and fragrance. Well, they did this with a lilac and it's a dwarf. So now it only gets up to, oh, hip high, chest high, no more than that. Easy to keep down to that three, four foot level. And so it's easier to maintain and it repeat blooms. Well, they came out with a new variety. It's a dark purple. So they've had purple, which is your traditional lilac color. Now this one's got it more more depth to it. It's very striking. 
So there's just new introduction. You haven't seen that before this year. And it's only available at your, your independent garden centers. So they introduce new varieties through your independents for usually about 18 months, two years or so. And then finally, they ramp up enough production where it can hit the, the box stores, the full everyone. So you get that leading edge because the boxes will suck up all the inventory that they can't keep up with it enough. And so we get a couple years to ourselves. And this is the weekend that we introduce those new colors, kind of the very start. And so you're starting to see color show up. The lilacs aren't quite in bloom yet. They're very heavily budded, but they're not quite, it'll be another week before they start to bloom. I think with this weather that we have, it looks like it gets real nice. You'll start to see everything pop at all elevations, no matter where you're at in Northern Arizona. So the deserts are in full swing. I'm talking to garden center owners down there. They are slammed. They're just loving it. So full spring down there, Tucson, uh, the, the Phoenix area, Scottsdale's. Up here, it's delayed a little bit, and that's okay. The season will hit when it hits, and so just enjoy it. So don't worry about your plants that are starting to. So roses are starting to have leaves. That's okay. If it gets cold, if it snows, if it frosts, they're used to that. They're okay with that. If your daffodils and tulips are coming up out of the ground and it starts to get cold, you do not need to cover those. They're fine. They're used to this. They like spring. They like the bright days, warm days, and chilly nights. Uh, your lettuce and spinach and broccoli and cauliflower, all these things that you planted you know, two weeks ago, uh, they're okay. They like the cold. The flavor comes out, it gets richer, deeper, sweeter when it's chilly out at night. You don't have to feel like you have to cover those. They're fine. Uh, fruit trees have not bloomed yet, so they're quite, they're delayed. So it's been dark, the storms that we had last week. It's just there's not as much sunlight on things, so it slowed things down. Probably with this weather that we have, you're, you're the first Fruit trees to bloom of the year are, are always apricots and nectarines. So they'll probably be in bloom by the end of the month. So they're, they're heavily, heavily budded right now. Starting to show just a little bit of color, cracking colors, what we call that, but not in bloom. They haven't actually opened up and bloomed yet. Uh, so when they do actually do that and we get a cold, then you may need to think about protecting those. A shop light, putting a warmth, some some sort of warming device shop lights so easy to hang in the middle of the tree it throws off just enough heat to protect the inside core of those trees covering them to keep the frost off there's different techniques keeping things moist uh, hydrated that helps them to keep the moist the uh, frost off makes them more robust so but for now i think you're just fine it's okay i know we've had a couple of snowstorms this last week skiffs of snow it looks like it's warming up and thawing out nicely, and things are just going to take off. And so it's a, it's a good time to plant those things. If you're thinking about a new lilac, this is your season to be planted. It's, it's just like the optimal time. If you can get them in just before they flower, you're better off. You have less transplant shock. And so if you were to buy a lilac, let's say in two weeks when they're in full bloom and go plant it at home going, this is going to smell so good. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so great. Put it in the ground. Many times they'll go into shock and they'll shed their flowers. They'll just, or the bloom cycle becomes greatly reduced. And so if you put them in the ground before they're actually awake, then you're going to be, 
you just they, they're going to bloom longer for you. You get to enjoy that fragrance better. So longer, stronger. Same with fruit trees, same with shade trees, same with evergreens. If you can get them in the ground before they start to have their spring growth, that is ideal. So it's, it's a good time to plant. Spring season's here. Uh, we're starting to see all kinds of stuff going out. I, I, I am getting some folks asking me, should I turn my irrigation on? Nah, nah, it's a little bit early yet. Hold off. So you can tune it up, get it ready. So turn on that valve manually and go walk the line. See if the emitter heads have clogged, if they're still running. Maybe even adjust them. If you've got a tree that you had two emitters at the base of a tree and now this tree has grown triple in size, it's probably time to cut that emitter off, add a T, and then and extend that emitter out further closer to the drip line or the outer tips of those branches. So tuning up the irrigation, getting it ready to run, but probably you're not realistically turning on the irrigation until, you know, April. April 1, which is really just a couple weeks away. So you're close, but I don't think there's pressure to turn it on right now. We've got enough moisture in the ground. There's enough going on that the plants haven't quite erupted. Once they start to bloom or they have new foliage, now the pressure is on. Now they're sensitive. Now they're great. They're really using moisture out of the ground to keep that new foliage alive, to keep those flowers alive, to set that new fruit uh, keep that whole thing going. If they get dry at that point, they'll shed or sacrifice those new leaves or new flowers. So, But until they start to bloom, I don't think the pressure's on. I think to relax, get it tuned up, get ready. I know you gardeners are tired of being indoors. I, I feel it too, but it's not quite time yet. Probably next weekend, be full-on spring. Got a lot in store for you. Lisa Waterslane coming in with your garden questions after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion plants for March are Oklahoma Redbud, Mountain Heaths, Rosemary Creeper, Prescott Pansies, and Fanciful Forsythia. Fanciful Forsythia is a gorgeous spring shrub that explodes with masses of solar yellow flowers, followed by shiny green leaves. Every home should have one for sheer beauty, fall color, and gentle natural care. Shop the brightest spring bloomers in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. Oh no! My pine trees look terrible! Never fear! Plant Protector is here! Plant Protector? From Waters Garden Center? My super strength protector destroys pine scale, bark beetle, and aphids. Just water into the soil and your trees are protected from the inside out for the year. Thank you, Plant Protector. You can always find Plant Protector at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Hey, babe, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? You're looking good. Oh, thank you. I'm not. Lo- I'm, I'm recovering just <laughs> fine. So, a uh, little chest cold here or there last week, and now you can't get a cold in today's world. Yes, like, you can. You can't sniffle. You, you can't do you anything. Can. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, uh, yeah. anyway. 
I feel better. Back feeling at it. Better? Last weekend was you were pretty rough. You don't you're you're a guy that's always on the move. So when you're yeah. not on the move, we know something's I wrong. know it's the staff's going, is are we all gonna live? Are we gonna survive? What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> just stay. I'll work from home. I got an office there. So mm -hmm. but we had our spring open house. I couldn't be here. So the vendors are well, in. So I think it's okay because nobody else came <laughs> All the snow and <laughs> yeah, I know. It was very snowy, very cold. So it was a very subdued open house, but we've had that happen once before when it was mm -hmm. just, uh, it was, I think we had a foot of snow on the ground like 10 years ago. Yeah. Same thing happened, but you know, you, it's half of it's to get us ready. Right. The other half is to get this, you know, everything polished and mm -hmm. up to stuff, fill the garden center up, getting ready. And so we just kicked the can. This weekend is spring. So we'll just go, we'll spring <laughs> open house too. We'll just we'll, do that. Yeah, there you go. It'll all be good. And it is a beautiful, the weather is gorgeous. It's a yeah. wonderful time to be out in the yard, in the garden center. And yeah, nice time. I agree. Yeah. So garden questions, what are people mm -hmm. talking about? Are there, give me something good. Well, give I, me something, try to stump me. Well, that's impossible. Oh. You're the garden guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've been married to me too long. You know that ain't true. <laughs> we do stump you every once in a while. It's pretty amazing. But Jan is our first question this morning. She is looking for a ground cover for low water, uh, animal resistant to put on a sloping hill kind of on the east side. It'll be the east oh. side is the way the slope faces. Yeah, so perfect. Wants to know your garden guy recommendations <laughs> oh my gosh no pressure no. there's so many choices i mean like you could blunder your way into this one there's so many great choices mm -hmm. first <laughs> excuse me first of all north south east west um, the east facing is the most favorable gardens mm -hmm. so your south and your west are they're just hot uh, so they're harder to garden and they dry out faster you got to get your irrigation more on the north side is just I mean, it's still covered in snow from a month ago. Yeah. So it's just cold and wet and mm -hmm. gooey and it's harder. So certain plants will grow there, not all of them. East side, anything you want will grow over there. It's awesome. So now your slope, that assumes you're doing irrigation right. differently. You've got erosion control. You're trying to control the hills. So there, what the most famous, probably two are the most famous. Cotoneaster. And junipers. Mm -hmm. There's some low-growing cotoneasters, uh, coral beauty, eichholz, strebes. There's several. We got several here. Mm -hmm. uh, they form. They have a white flower in spring, a red berry to them. They're very pretty. They got all the seasons covered, uh, and they spread. They're about an ankle high, and they'll spread out six, seven, eight feet wide. One plant. So that's great. Yeah, they they look real good. They're native animals. Don't bother them. So they're they're a great plant for here. They'll take that east slope yeah. easily and bloom even longer, have more berries. Mm -hmm. The other one would be junipers. We'll plant them side by mm -hmm. side. They're companion plants to each other. So there's some low-growing, almost carpety-looking junipers. Of course, junipers, you know, grow wild here. They're just juniper forest everywhere. And so try some of those low-growing, carpety kind of ones called uh, blue rug. Blue ice. Blue ice. Blue ice rug. Icy blue. Icy blue juniper. That's it. Blue, yeah. So that's a low growing. Again, one plant will cover out six, eight feet and it just mats over. No weeds can grow through it. It's a great one. Uh, there's buffalo junipers. There's all kinds. There's, 
know, there's gold junipers, there's blue ones, there's green ones, and they intermix really well. Mm -hmm. uh, the native sumacs, there's a low growing sumac that, that, that grows really well. It's a native. Get established, forget about it. It's going to grow <laughs> like crazy. So that's another variety too. Yeah. So that's one. You've got so many choices. <clears throat> you just almost want to come into the garden center and take a look at them. Right. Go on our website, watersgardencenter.com. Mm -hmm. Just type in ground cover. You'll have, you'll be overwhelmed with local information that'll help you out right. from videos to lists to articles on, on types of plants that mm -hmm. grow here in the mountains of Arizona. Yep. And that's one too. Uh, if you come in, I would kind of measure out your area or know your square oh, yeah. footage. That way we can get you the right amount of plants. Yeah. You won't have to guess. You know, yeah. and so that way you can walk home with the, with the right amount and you can get your job done. Also, too, when you're planting those on a hillside, I don't know how big that hill is. That's where a picture and a measurement goes right. a long ways. We can help you. Uh, zigzag. Mm -hmm. uh, don't go straight line across that that hill or it'll look funny, like soldiers marching off to, you know, to doom. Uh, here you want to go zigzag so it looks more natural, like it just mm -hmm. sprung up like your, your house <clears throat> was in amongst this hill that just, uh, and now everything is alive and well and come on in we want you here right okay next question is from dallas he's new to the area and lives up by thumb butte he's heard talk about scale look for yeah. scale so he wants to know what is scale what does it look like and how do you treat it if you have it scale is deadly to plants uh, and, and they feed off the native plants that we have so there's a big scale uh, it's, it feeds off the ceanothus, some of the wild shrubs kind of things. Uh, and it, it, it'll actually, there's a bug that pierces the stem or the leaf or the needles. And then it has a scale on it. It has a shell that looks like a scale. You can't see the bug. You just see the outer exoskeleton. Mm -hmm. it protects it from birds and praying mantis and ladybugs. And so, but they'll kill your plant. Right. There's also a pinion pine scale that is active right now. That, that pierces the needle. So when you look at that pinion pine, look at a pine needle, and if it has a little tiny dot, just insignificant, you can barely see it, but it looks like someone took a pencil mark and just penciled little dots on that needle, that scale. Mm -hmm. And so over top of that shell is, is, is a bug that sucks the juices out of that plant. It will kill a full-on mature pine tree, every one of them. It'll kill them just dead. Uh, what to do? That's how you identify them or bring a sample in. We can tell you got a microphone microscope. We can, we can ID in a heartbeat for you. We've seen so many samples. What to do is a real question. Fertilize. You should fertilize all of your native plants and then treat it with plant protector. It's a systemic liquid that we've made mm -hmm. and it's made for scale. And so you mix it up in a watering can, you top it off with water and you pour it right on the base, right where the trunk meets the soil plant absorbs this. Now it taints the sap underneath the bark. And then as that plant, as that scale sucks the juice out, it, it kind of inoculates the, the tree. So it gets rid of them. If you can catch a crawler stage, if they were probably close mm -hmm. to crawler stage, these scales, they'll actually we catch are. out yeah, of there. I'm, I'm seeing it. Oh, you are? are. Oh, coming in with it. It's, so. You should be walking your yard then. This stuff is dangerous. Yeah. They'll, they'll create little, uh, cottony masses down at the base or in the main trunks of the tree. Mm -hmm. And they'll, they'll dust the egg cases. They'll stay there for about a week or two and they'll all hatch and come back out. And 
totally infect your tree again. Yeah. Plant protect. You spray that with uh, a horticultural oil. Right. Wipe them right out. Mm -hmm. So weather's beautiful. You should be out in your yard. You should be looking yeah. for, because the insects are starting to wake up too. So it's a good time to be out there looking for the scale, look for aphids, just different things that are coming out right now. Okay. Next question is from Steven. Uh, wants to know when he should start watering his lawn. When should he feed his lawn? And then is there anything else besides just fertilizer that you should be applying yeah. to your lawn? Yeah, that's a good question. So, so March is when you start lawns. You start fertilizing, you can overseed, you can extend, you can start new lawns. March is the time. So March or October is your growing season for, for lawns. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really recommend using all-purpose food. The main ingredient with that, it's 744, but it's bird guano. Lawns love bird poop. And so you put that on there. I mean, it will green up. I mean, we're talking now. Uh, and then a month later, so every month you should put something on your lawn. So first month, March, all-purpose food. Second month is humic. It's a humic acid. So you put that on and, and it will get rid of the thatch. You'll never have to aerate. Mm -hmm. Gets rid of all that dead matted stuff. The next month, it'd be all-purpose food. The next month, if you switch off humic, all-purpose food, you do this back and forth, mm -hmm. you will have a weed-free, gorgeous, <clears throat> thick lawn that you just hardly have to care for. And deeper rooted and as well. Far which, deeper rooted. Which means less water usage. Yeah, less so. care, less weeds, less of everything. And just thick, rich green. So great questions this week, Lisa. So Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. The colors of spring are bursting at Waters' 59th Spring Open House. Talk directly to our farmers as they show off the newest flowers, brightest evergreens, and freshest new bloomers. Friday, we show off this year's showiest plant introductions. Saturday and Sunday is impromptu garden classes, plant garden giveaways, and drawings. Join the garden fun at Waters Garden Center's 59th Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants for March are Oklahoma Redbud, Mountain Heath, Prescott Pansies, Fanciful Forsythia, and Rosemary Creeper. Rosemary Creeper is a local favorite for rock gardens, ground cover, or spilling over retaining walls. But not all local rosemary is created equal. This one lives where others die. Knowing you can also use it in the kitchen is sheer bliss. Shop the freshest organic herbs in store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So I had a staff meeting this week, and the whole staff were just training sessions. So we're the place where the experts kind of reside. And we want to make sure the same advice, you get a bunch of gardeners together, you'll get, get 10 gardeners together, you'll get 15 pieces of advice on any one subject. We want consistency. So there's one message that we found really works over the years. Here's what we want to recommend to customers at Waters Garden Center. So I was teaching the staff about fertilizers because it's time to fertilize. 
and it was so intriguing. They were so engaged. I thought I would just share that with you all. What's the difference between organic, synthetics, and why do we come up with the brands, the, the recipes that we do, the fertilizers we sell? What, why is that? And so it really comes down to uh, what, what people are asking for was a 10-10-10 or 16-16-16 fertilizer. These are what your grandparents used all the time. And so we don't sell those here because I don't believe in synthetic fertilizers or, or you know, chemically made uh, products. And so that's a petroleum-based product. That's where they get the carbon molecules from petroleum. And then you spread it through your yard. And it's nitrogen, phosphorus, potash, 10, 10, 10, or 16, 16, 16, whatever that formula is, it's nitrogen, phosphorus, potash. Nitrogen is always the first number. That's how you get green growth. So with a lawn food, the old aluminum sulfate, 21, 0, 0, because they want it all nitrogen. They want it all green on these blades of grass. So uh, that, that's going to be nitrogen. Phosphorus is the middle number. That's if you want fruits and roots. If you want deeper roots or larger tomatoes, larger uh, apples, you give them middle number, phosphorus. The last number is potash. Potash is disease resistance. That's the thickness of the stem holding that fruit or branch or the thickness of the leaf, uh, how robust they are against leaf spot, that kind of thing. So it's disease resistance, heart healthiness. So you've got nitrogen, phosphorus, potash. And so then you've got chemical-based or organic-based. Chemical-based are, they're, they're, they're creating these things, the formula, so the balance, so it's 10% nitrogen, 10% phosphorus, 10% potash, 10, 10, 10. That's what they're telling you. And they're very water soluble. So you chuck it down on the ground in a granular form, usually with a hand spreader. And then when water hits it or rain hits it, it just releases and goes into the root zone. Chemicals are great for the plant. You see an instant pickup. I mean, it's just very accessible to the plant. The problem with chemicals in a very alkaline soil that's very dry and dusty where, where you don't have any worms, you don't have any organic living materials already in the soil is the, the chemicals, they burn, they kill your, your worms. They kill things in the soil. Great for the plant, terrible for the soil. Organics don't do that. Organics are good for the soil. They, they actually feed the worms and feed the mycorrhizal colonies and things that are living that live in symbiotic relationship with the plants. And then it also feeds the plant. You get a double whammy with that. So organics feed over a very long period of time, whereas synthetics are typically two, three weeks. It's flush, it's released, it's going. In fact, most of that 10, 10, 10 is not even picked up by the plant. Most of it flushes through the root zone before the plant can even get to it. It's wasted. Whereas organic uh, fertilizers, they are released slower. The plant has, a, has more time to pick it up and, and use it. So all of your organic food that you put out there, ours is a 744, 7% 7 nitrogen, 4% potash, 4% phosphorus, 744. And then we put some sulfur and iron, some other stuff into it because we know we need that in our soils. Um, all of that is picked up. None of it is flushed through the zone and, and wasted. And so you get more efficiency, more uptake. Plus, it's going to feed over a three-month period of time instead of two weeks. It's three months. So it just is a longer, more pr pronounced, uh, better activated 
type fertilizers, organics are the way to go. Especially if you're in a well. If you're if you're throwing chemicals out around your well, oh my gosh, you're going to poison yourself. So, uh, and, and and we have a lot of wells around here. In fact, all of us drink well water, whether you get it from the city of Prescott or or Chino Valley or Prescott Valley. It's coming from a well out of the big aquifer out in the Chino, uh, Chino Valley area. And so that water is pumped out and comes, comes in. And it's, we're all dealing with ground water. And so we've we got to be careful with that. You can poison yourself with chemicals out there. Organics, you don't do that as much. Main thing is you just don't want to feed just the plant. Your ground is dead. When you start to plant a tree or a shrub, you won't find worms. They're very limited. And so the last thing you want to do is start plant a tree or a shrub, new lilac, new forsythia, new apple tree, whatever. And then it starts to grow. You've, you've put some organics in there. You've added some organic mulch and worms are now attracted to it. You're starting to get your mycorrhizal colonies repopulated. So you start your soil starts to become alive. And then you throw some Scott's Turf Builder on there and burns it all off. And then you're starting from scratch. Your plant looks good, but the roots aren't as healthy, aren't as strong. You want to increase the roots and you want to increase, increase the top growth. And that's why we, we make two organic fertilizers. One's for edibles, tree, uh, fruit, fruits, vegetables, berries, grapes, that kind of stuff, tomatoes. The other one is just an all-natural, all-purpose all, all 744 food. Anyway, that's what I was teaching the staff this morning. If you have questions or not, didn't quite catch all of it, come talk to us. Our entire staff is highly educated on all things plant food. And it's time to fertilize your yard. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-home garden consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. Waters Garden Companion Plants of March are Prescott Pansies, Mountain Heath, Rosemary Creeper, Fanciful Forsythia, and Oklahoma Redbud. Oklahoma Redbud grows to just 16 feet tall. This local native is super easy to grow. Vibrant red flowers cloak the branches of early spring. Luscious heart-shaped leaves emerge with a soft pink tinge that matures to a vibrant green. Shop the brightest blooming trees in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week and just shares her garden tips, tricks, and garden hacks. My with hacks. The garden hacks. <laughs> okay. Techno term. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I'm having fun. There you go. Every time I'm in a small room with you called studio or yeah. my office, I guess. <clears throat> I enjoy it. True. Got great looking hair, my dear. Whoa. Oh, thank you. I got all done. probably like four inches cut off of it. Really? So, yeah. I like a pretty gal with blonde glowing hair. 
<laughs> well, it's definitely have more of a style now. Before it was just like this big bush on the top of my head. So you're gorgeous, dear. Oh, gorgeous. Been married 23, for oh, 23. <laughs> it feels like only 23 years, but really it's been. Been 33. 33. <laughs> anyway, still enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Weird segue, but I'll go uh, with it. <laughs> seeing where you seeing when you're gonna snag in and kind of jump in. So I do want to say, so we just had our 59th spring open house. Yeah. Uh so Waters Garden Center has been around for 59 years. My dad started it way back when anyways it was my dad's birthday oh. on saint patty's day so i just wanted to say happy birthday to him and happy you, birthday dad yeah, if you guys see him out and about make sure you wish him happy birthday you know i posted on our instagram and facebook page a picture of him i said this man 59 years ago started waters gardens and we're celebrating this weekend uh -huh. and that got more people i'm good they had over 200 likes 60 shares. I mean, everyone's going, he's still alive. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> he still comes yeah. in. He was in this week. Yeah, he's a, he's yeah, very proud he of, of his creation mm -hmm. that we've kind of carried on. Right. And so he's very proud. He's proud to have the grandkids yeah. coming in to take over to be the next reigns trained mm -hmm. up and taking it over. So he's yeah. super, super proud, happy right. that his legacy continues. Definitely. So, so we uh, celebrate him and his birthday, and we celebrate 59 years of Waters Garden Center. Yay! Yay! Okay, but beyond that, okay. <laughs> being the garden segment, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about landscapes, the different type of landscapes okay. that are out there. Uh, of course, people know the the formal garden landscape, which right. is not one that's very common here in Arizona, especially not in Prescott. But that's the very um, have a hedge, everything's you know trimmed perfectly, spirals, square, round, topiaries. Spiral walkways are measured everything's perfect on them and yeah. that's the formal garden which there are some here of and not a lot um definitely more cottage in english garden uh, around here which is those are kind of let nature take its course you're you're planting for all seasons so you always have color or interest going on in the yard uh, they use a lot of shrubby perennials, a lot of color, a lot of ornamental grasses planted in groups. And they definitely do the, you know, tall, medium, low, kind of giving you a variance of, of, to look at out in there. So that's a very common, I think that's used here. Quite Cottage gardens. I think of butterflies and, and hummingbirds, mm -hmm. just lots of hibiscus and hydrangeas and lilacs, persithias, sure. crepe myrtles, just like a butterfly bush. Right. Lots of Are color. All, yeah. Lots, lots of colors. Of lots of seasonal spring, mm -hmm. summer, fall, fall color. Right. Right. And then there's the garden that's unfortunately used here in Arizona, Prescott, too much. Am I sensing and, you're going to go off on them or something? What's, what's going on here? So I might step on a few toes. <laughs> I might make a few people angry. But what is not a landscape garden is rocks with bigger rocks in it. That yeah. is not design. That is not landscape. That is is sad. Yeah, I hate it's that. It's sterile. It's, it's, it's uh, sterile. It's dusty. It's dirty. It's, it's moonscape-ish. <laughs> you know, and I understand people are moving from areas where they've dealt with big yards, maybe, yeah. and they don't want to mow grass anymore, and they don't want to be out there trimming all the time. And that's okay that you can have a, a pretty yard with more than just rock 
and bigger rocks. Yeah. Boulders. <laughs> I have a, uh, I have a, uh, a April fools is coming up. Yeah. So I've got a post for Instagram folks and, and Facebook. It's a moonshot, not moon. It's a, um, Mars getting uh -huh. all these lunar lander and uh, Mars landers on there. It's all mm -hmm. red. And it went life spotted on Mars. I've got this little tiny, like vine growing off to the lower right-hand corner, kind of creeping up over the camera lens going, April fools. So now you've but, taken the joke away. Although you got to see it. I'm not <laughs> done with it yet. It's more Photoshop coming to oh, come, okay. but uh, yeah, it's too easy anymore to have hoax, have April fools kind of things in the garden. That's so, true. That's but that's true. what some of our landscapes look like here. Mm -hmm. It's like Mars who oh, wants to live there. Nothing is alive at this half million dollar house. Right. And they ran out of money. So all they did was a boulder and some, some, rock you need something that brings the, the, the structure alive and you you know for to be a good neighbor to be part of a good community i think it's important to plant things because you need to bring pollinators in yeah you need that green rear around you need beauty in your yards that's what good neighbors that's what good community is so yeah. my favorite zero scape plant it's not zero zeric scape thank plants. you zero plants <laughs> anyway uh dang uh desert willow yeah. grows wild at all the elevations here throughout mm -hmm. the mountains of arizona beautiful kind of orchid kind of flower mm -hmm. hummingbirds love it okay. you get it established goes all by itself no care maybe prune it once a year if that mm -hmm. it's not too big not mm -hmm. too small lives right. forever you can every yard should have a have a a desert willow a desert it? willow yeah it's just a beautiful plant yeah. So the thing about zero scape, it's not zero scape, it's zero scape, is putting plants together of like needs. So yeah. plants that have the same amount of water needs should be put together, uh, same amount of growth rates, that type of thing. So you're putting like things together so they're happier in their own little family. Um, so you're not taking a hydrangea and putting it right next to a prickly pear cactus. Because you yeah. have different needs, different wants, different sun requirements. So planting like things together. But I also wanted to mention, because we have a ton of beautiful xeriscape or low maintenance, low water use plants in the garden center right now. Like cactus? We do have some cactus. We have the Santa Rita prickly pear cactus. Ooh, that's a pretty one. I like that one. Which is the one that gets the more red to yeah. it. But we have a lot of trees. We have the um, curly locust, twisty baby locust is probably one of my favorite trees uh, just a lot of character going on so even in the dead of winter when there's not a leaf on it there's still a lot of character in the trees so yeah. that adds to the landscape but we have a lot of really pretty things that are blooming right now so lavender we have uh, some of the spanish lavender is so spanish lavender has a little bit different blossom it looks almost like a fat bumblebee or something. Yeah, it does. That's <laughs> yeah, a good way to describe there, it. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't have that real long spiky one, uh, but real pretty fat little blossom. And we have the Haviland Fork, which is a dark purple one. Very, very attractive. And we also have one called With Love, which is a pink that sounds lavender. Neat. So and they're all in bloom. They're oh, amazing. Yeah, like they're every gorgeous. cart's got one. It's crazy. And they would be so pretty planted together out there. We even have one that's a white lavender. Oh, I didn't It's really pretty. It's white, but it has like little specks of that real dark purple. Yeah. In the blossom. Neat. So those would be beautiful planted around together. Uh, we also have a bunch of dianthus in right now, which is blooming, which is a great, great animal resistant uh, plant that really just blooms all season long. It's a crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Very great nice. Perennial. Smell Evergreen too. perennial mm -hmm. just blooms right. most of the year. Yeah. 
crazy easy. Great in pots too. We have quite a few in pots. <laughs> You're pushing me on time. I can feel it. No, you got 30 <laughs> seconds. Go for it. <laughs> Rosemary is another one. Uh, so we have some Hill Hardy, which is the real upright, uh, gets taller. And then we also have the Huntington carpet, which is if you're looking for a ground cover or something to hang over a wall or a pot, uh, it would be perfect for that. Lots of things here at the garden center. Mm -hmm. Lots of succulents. Uh, you can plant them right now. You can enjoy them. If we get another snowstorm, they're fine because they're spring plants. Mm -hmm. This is the first week of spring. Plant your spring plants. They'll like it. And so lots of choices. So lots of easy care plants that don't take a lot of fuss and muss. Ken Elisa Lane. Thank you, Lisa. Appreciate that. Uh, the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website, podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion Plants for March are Oklahoma Redbud, Mountain Heaths, Rosemary Creeper, Prescott Pansies, and Fanciful Forsythia. Fanciful Forsythia is a gorgeous spring shrub that explodes with masses of solar yellow flowers, followed by shiny green leaves. Every home should have one for sheer beauty, fall color, and gentle natural care. Shop the brightest spring bloomers in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. Look, if your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So the mountains of Arizona are famous for our blooming plants. We've been indoors, the plants have been naked, kind of just deciduous, bare, for months, since November, really, November, December, January, February, and now all of a sudden, March, they start to open up and take off. And so it's this announcement of spring, it's just renewal, uh, fragrance, brightness, colors. I mean, God has so many colors in his crayon box, and he shows it through his spring flowers. It's just amazing. And so from roses to lilacs to quince to forsythia to rhododendrons to azaleas, there's so many choices, and all of them do really well in the mountains of Arizona. You just need to place them in the right place. They're microclimates. Give them. So the biggest mistake I find some of your, your the uh, East Coast people make, they're, they're in rhododendron. I guess Northwest does this too, rhodes and azaleas. They'll plant those out there. And, and then when you read the tag, you do your research on Google, and it says, oh, Full sun grows right out there. It grows head high and blooms all spring long. It doesn't do that in the mountains of Arizona. Our sun is brighter, more intense. The air is drier. And so they don't bloom as long and they don't like full sun. And so if you're researching those kinds of plants, research a local source, not a national source, because you get more localized information. 
So here, a rhododendron. So if you go to our website, we rhododendrons. Here it is. Here's how big it grows. Here's the color it blooms. Here's the name variety. And it wants six hours or less of sun. So under six hours of sun. It'll take some sun, but that midday in June, it's rough on them. Oh my gosh. So same with azaleas. So not all azaleas are hardy. Some of them don't take our cold. Some of them are more, more warm season types of azaleas. So you want a variety that grows here locally in the mountains of Arizona. So do your homework on that. But they love growing in that more shaded gardens, north side of your, your house, east side, underneath the canopies of trees. Perfect. Whereas lilacs, every yard needs a lilac. This is lilac country. It's so, so beautiful. And they do so well. Some of them are so old. They've just proven themselves over and over the decades to the point where we're introducing more and more varieties. They're coming up with new varieties of lilac every year. And so at the garden center right now, we've, we've stocked up because we know they're about to bloom. And as soon as they bloom around the landscapes of northern Arizona, people are going to flood in going, oh, what is this tree? They take a picture. They go, what is this plant? I'm going, that's a lilac. And that, doesn't it smell good? Oh, yeah. Where are they? Where can they, we're going to get one. Well, there's four different colors right over there. They start rushing in for them. So it's, if you can beat the rush, you get more choices. So we'll start running out of, of varieties. But, but right now, Lavender Lady Lilac is a named variety. It's a bright, bright purple. It's like a common lilac, only with more fragrance. It's that. They bred more fragrance into it. So it's a big lilac. So it gets up head high or taller easily, 10 feet tall and big and bushy. So it's great for screening that property line off the back patio. If you just want a big privacy screen that is super fragrant, look at Lavender Lady. Sensation Lilac is also fragrant, but it has a variegated foliage. It's pink, uh, pinky purple with a variegated white edge around every single leaflet on the flowers. It's beautiful, just stunning, just unusual. Great for cutting, bringing in doors. Enjoy that fragrance, looking at it up close. Uh, we've got uh, Bloomerang varieties. They repeat bloom. We've got two different colors. These are dwarfed varieties, but they repeat, they pulsate flower colors. They'll bloom once in spring, take a rest. Bloom again in summer, take a rest. Bloom again in early fall. There's a white variety. I grow white at my house just because I've grown all the varieties and I just was bored. And white has, I think, the sweetest fragrance of all the lilacs. Very All lilacs are fragrant. But white, I think they call that uh, Betsy Ross lilacs. It's a big lilac again. Gets up above head high, but it's bright white. So there's lots of choices that you can, you can play with. And I think every yard needs at least one. Put it Put it by that bedroom window where you can have the fragrance come in, by the living room or dining room where you can open up a window and enjoy that. But lilac's that great big lilac f flower. It's great for cut flowers. We always bring them in and put them in a vase. They're just beautiful. Forsythia are in bloom right now. This is a bright, bright yellow, not a butter yellow. I mean, we're talking like fluorescent yellow flower. We have one, a new variety here for this year called Show Off Forsythia. They bred this one to have a larger flower. Now, Forsythia, they'll have hundreds of flowers on every branch. So before there's even one leaf, every branch is covered with these bright yellow flowers. But they bred this one. The show-off is a little bit shorter, less maintenance, 
less pruning in the winter, but the flowers are larger than they show off, thus the name, show off forsythia. We've got your, your basic Lynn forsythias and the other varieties that round two, but for this, this new spring season, we, we try to find new showier, better breeds. They breed them kind of like dogs or cats or cattle. They breed plants the same way, and they're trying to get more characteristics out of them, not genetically altering, but by grafting one variety onto another, different rootstocks or playing with it that way, or pollination, different types of pollinating back and forth between coming up with a new variety. So that's some, some brand new things you've seen. Also, um, Scotch broom and, and Spanish broom. Brooms sort of look like pencil plants. Uh, from if you're from the southeast, they've got pencil plants, but they're not hardy up here. They're, they freeze out in the winter. But Scotch broom has that same very green, long stems. But then in the spring, before they're leafing out with very minuscule leaves, they have these huge flowers. The flowers are three times the size of the foliage, and they cover the entire plant where you can't even see any of the stems. They're just covered in these fragrant flowers. Well, there's different different colors. Uh, Spanish broom is the most famous here because it's the largest, biggest. But I think it's it's short lived too. Doesn't doesn't live that long. Maybe ten years and then it dies out in the middle. It gets ugly looking. Needs to be replaced. Uh, it only comes in one color, yellow. That's it. It's a pretty yellow. It's a bright yellow, fragrant yellow. But the Scotch broom, you know, Spanish broom and Scotch brooms, these are dwarfed. They're shorter, easier to, they're, they're denser, plumper, fuller, fatter uh, shrubs up about half the height, maybe chest high, nice and fill, full and, and round. Uh, and they come in different colors. So yellow, uh, bright yellows, butter yellows, reds, pinks. There's lots of varieties to play with. And they're just the same exact flower, but they're shorter and they come in more colors. Same fragrance. They just taste good. Hummingbirds, bees love them. They're great pollinators for you. Some of your uh, evergreens are starting to bloom too. So we're starting to see um, um, the, the boxwoods have, you don't think of boxwoods as blooming. Great evergreen shrub. It's kind of like number one selling evergreen shrub. Uh, deer don't eat it. It's consistent. It looks the same every month of the year. It's just, just great. Low care. Uh, but it does have an insignificant flower Underneath, back behind uh, the leaves, has this flower. And bees just love it. It's one of the first things to bloom in spring. And so they're foraging. They're very, very hungry. They're, they're desperate. So they're foraging around. So they see these boxwoods, and they're just all over them. It's kind of fun to watch them busily get all that pollen out of there. Another one sort of like that is Eliagnus. It's a native type of shrub. It's an evergreen shrub, but it gets big. Gets, oh, it's a screening kind of plant. Gets head higher or taller and thick, as, as wide as your arms. But it has a real insignificant flower like that that's very fragrant, very delicious smelling. One that's kind of one of the most famous of the evergreens that blooms in spring is Indian hawthorn. It has a pink flower. Uh, it gets different, different size heights, mainly the dwarf varieties, just for easy care. Uh, gets knee high to hip high, depending on the on the model. Kind of a mounding kind of evergreen shrub. The reason it's so famous is it's just tough as nails. I mean, you 
full sun. Take a blow dryer to it, kick dirt at it, curse at it. It still grows and blooms. It's one of those kinds of plants. But it's thick green evergreen with these bright pink to apple blossom flowers that are super fragrant. It's just a great plant to have off the down the driveway or off the back patio in a container. It's a great plant for that. And consistent every spring. You can count on it. It's going to bloom for you every single spring. All of these we mentioned. There's a lot of choices this week you can play with, have fun with, enjoy the blossoms. Be right back. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden Companion Plants of March are Oklahoma Redbud, Mountain Heath, Rosemary Creeper, Fanciful Forsythia, and Prescott Pansy. Prescott Pansy's giant three-inch flowers thrive in extreme March gardens. Large velvety blooms dazzle with radiant colors of blue, violet, yellow, and variations of stripes that look like smiling faces and love being planted in March. Shop the brightest spring flowers in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So we have a garden class every week, weekend, usually Saturdays, here at the Garden Center. They're free. We're hoping that you will become a better gardener. You'll learn what to do, when to do it, working with the environment instead of against it here in the mountains of Arizona. And then hopefully if you learn something, you appreciate it, you come back and support us and keep buying buy your plants from Waters Garden Center. That's the whole reason. We've been doing this for 59 years and it works. You help people to become better gardeners. They appreciate that. They share it with their friends and it creates good word of mouth. This weekend, Saturday, 9.30, it's Evergreen Landscapes and How to Prevent Bark Beetle. Bark Beetle and, and Flathead Borers and Scale are rampant right now you need to know how to identify that so that's and how to treat it and so we go over all that and they really like evergreen so it's kind of tied together next week is our last class we'll have at 9 30 in the morning it's called gardening 101 it's the intro gardening for newcomers so that'll be next saturday let's see when is that the 27th at 9 30 in the morning and then we're going to switch we're going to afternoon classes and mainly because uh, the facility just won't handle students and the amount of volume and the number of customers. We're freeing up the parking lot. So we switch to Fridays at 3 o'clock. That works for you. Please come. Through April, we've got a whole series of classes, Growing Better Peonies. Peonies are in. Well, how do you grow them? How, what's the difference between all of them? That'll be Friday, April 2nd at 3 o'clock. April 9th at 3 o'clock on Friday, lilacs and better fragrance in the gardens, all the spring bloomers. We mentioned a lot of those on this show, but we'll go in deep. We can actually show them and they'll be in bloom at that point. April 16th, herbs and vegetable gardens, garden to table. How do you grow better tomatoes? 
peppers, squash. April 23rd, the new flower introductions of 2021. Then the very last class, last of spring at least, we'll have a summer series, but then we take a break through May. Just gets so busy. April 30th, Friday at 3 o'clock, Arbor Day, the top 10 blooming trees. Please put that on your list. Uh, consider this a personal invite to join us. You can take a look at all of those classes. If you missed one, going, which one was that? What did he say? WatersGardenCenter.com. On the very front page, you'll see a big classes button. It's pretty obvious. You can't miss it. On a phone, on a tablet, or on a desktop, you can get there. Also, Facebook, under the events tab, you folks that do Facebook, you know where to look. Go to Waters Garden Center's Facebook page, events. They're all listed right there with descriptions. They're meant to help you be a better, stronger gardener. But throughout the week, I mean, we, we've got professionals here. Don't trust everything you, you see on Google. Talk to your neighbors that are, you know are good gardeners. Talk to professionals that you know are trained and know what they're doing, not just bluffing. Our staff, they're not allowed to bluff. They've got radios, if, even if they're a rookie. They're, they are required. They have to ask, verify, make sure the advice they're giving is correct. But once you identify an aphid, <laughs> the next hundred questions, you know what it is. Once you know what a lilac is in bloom, all of them, every picture you look at on a camera phone, it's the same every time. So we just get in this rhythm where we just know. You just, through osmosis, you just know because you've seen so many customers with the same exact question. So you quickly become a professional. Plus, it's when it is your profession, you're going through your neighborhood. When you drive through you know, the town, you're going, oh, look at that crab apple. Oh, my gosh, that's magnificent. Oh, look at that red bud. Oh, it's beautiful. It's just on your radar, and you just know where they are and what's blooming at the mall or at the office building. You just kind of know because it's this is what you do. This is your passion. This is your love. And you like sharing that with other, other gardeners and helping them out. So we camp out here at Waters Garden Center throughout the week. Lisa and I are here all week. Love talking to fans of the show. But our staff, they're actually smarter than we are because they're the ones ordering, unloading, packaging, creating the signage. They know where it's at. We, they just make us look better than we really should. But throughout the week, we're here for anything you need out in the landscape. Thanks for tuning in. I was raised in a nice house with my family. Now I'm out on my own and have my own apartment. I love my cute little place, but there's something I do miss. I miss my mom's garden in the backyard. It was so special because over the years I was growing up, I watched her give those flowers and plants such a personal loving touch and so much color. I miss it so. Well, guess what? I just visited my local garden center and they gave me some great ideas. And now, because of them, when I look out my patio window, I see the beautiful planter they suggested, teeming with flowers, bright Arizona flowers. Looking at those flowers gives me such a nice feeling, and it's almost like being with mom in the backyard all over again. Want help with planting? It's all online at plant-something.org. Brought to you by the Arizona Nursery Association at plant-something.org. You'll love it too. The colors of spring are bursting at Waters' 59th Spring Open House. Talk directly to our farmers as they show off the newest flowers, brightest evergreens, and freshest new bloomers. Friday, we show off this year's showiest plant introductions. Saturday and Sunday is impromptu garden classes, plant garden giveaways, and drawings. Join the garden fun at Waters Garden Center's 59th Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.